On today's episode of The Glue Guys, we will discuss Spencer Dinwiddie not going to Orlando, Bradley Beal not going to Orlando, and the seven most interesting things I'll be watching when the Nets are in Orlando. Can I watch too? Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. A little flat. A little flat. Check us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuysNetsDaily.com. The Athletic to get 40% off an annual subscription to The Athletic. Go to TheAthletic.com slash GlueGuys. And if you are one of the people that did, in fact, use that promo code, let us know. We would love to shout you out on the pod. I would personally. And I will tell all of the athletic, the whole company, that you have now wow. joined the cult that is the athletic. Brian, how are you? I'll tell everybody. I'll tell my parents. I'm going to tell my mom. Actually, um, I would rather yeah. you not tell your mom. Oh. Things are a little sensitive between your mother and I. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wow. Wow. Hilarious. I'm not saying what anything. A, what a slow delivery <laughs> on that <laughs> yo mama <laughs> joke. <laughs> Um, I'm good, despite that righteous burn. Um, I, I don't know. If are, are, are your mama jokes on the on the menu in 2020? Is that still? Here's the funny thing about that is that we've been podcasting for eight years, and I mm. feel like that's the first time I really like got to you. You were like, <laughs> look at a look on your mic too far. Um, no, I just I'd never known you to be so ruthless. <laughs> Such a ruthless dog. Um, I was more surprised, shocked that you had um, the huevos. Anyways, no, I'm good. I'm good. How how the heck are how the heck are you, you uh, son of a gun? I'm, I'm so good. Uh, I'm drinking a Reed's All Natural Ginger Beer right now. Um, All right. I needed a <laughs> Is pick that me good up. or <laughs> I don't know. I no. needed a pick me up after uh, the news that came out today. It let's go through the timeline of events. That happened today. Uh, first, we get a tweet that Bradley Beal is not going to play for the Washington Wizards in Orlando, which obviously has tremendous implications for the Nets. And then 30 minutes after that, 45 minutes after that, we get the news from Sham Sharani at The Athletic that Spencer Dinwiddie, via consultation with the Nets doctors, apparently a decision by the Nets doctors to say, Dinwiddie, you are not allowed to go to Orlando because... You still have symptoms due to your coronavirus contraction. And now Nets Twitter is all in a in a very hizzy tizzy place. Um I think the pertinent question, Brian. Oh, yeah, let's just let's get to the root of this. What should be the Nets expectations when they are in Disney? Not even like end of season goals, like you know, just making the playoffs, but like what should be their motivation and their focus? Now that Spencer Dinwiddie is not actually playing basketball, who, if we don't remember, Spencer Dinwiddie was like the best player the team had throughout the whole season. To me, the biggest realization and the biggest headline of this is like, of course, the Nets are unable to fully com- compete in Disney. It's it it 
not that we ever had any ideas that a KD Kyrie list team was going to be this awesome force in Orlando, but I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie is again, he was the best player for the Nets throughout the entirety of the season. Lavert played, he got hurt. Then he came back and played really well. Kyrie played, he got hurt, came back, got hurt, and then was gone for the season. KD never played. And Dinwiddie, remember, we had those beautiful conversations that the guy was an all-star. And now, you know, so the team, we can talk about lineups. That'll be part of my seven most interesting things. Kind of bleak for your Brooklyn Nets, but I'm kind of like you. It's like, just have fun, guys. Just go out yeah. there and have a ball because um, you'll have no expectations. Do you? We can get right into some of your stuff because I see what the first one is. Or do you want to get to some some of the yeah. other? Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. So this this is officially the seven most interesting things about the Brooklyn Nets as as we head into Disney and of course Spencer Dinwiddie will continually be referenced through it. Um, the number one, and this is directly related to Spencer Dinwiddie not being with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, high usage Karis Levert. High usage Karis Levert. I can't. I'm excited to see it. I if I if I could be positive for a second, um, I'm excited to see. It's going to show Levert's ceiling more than anything else, right? Like Bradley Beal, who I everyone knows that I love him dearly, um, and his stats that when the Wizards put out their press release saying that Bradley Beal will not continue on to Orlando because of uh, shoulder issues. They they listed his season stats and said those averages haven't been met since like besides like LeBron James and three other hall, sure thing Hall of Famers. And but the thing about Bradley Beal is that he plays on a horrible team. Well, guess what? Karis LeVert, you're going to be playing on a horrible team and we get to see exactly how good you are. Who do we think is so out of both of those two teams, the Wizards and the Nets, is Karis LeVert easily the best player playing out of all those teams? Easily. Yeah. Easily. So here's an interesting thing. So the Spencer Dinwiddie situation, and um, now is a good time to put on your tinfoil cap if Please. you haven't already. Because um, here comes this <laughs> conspiracies. No, these aren't these aren't these aren't real conspiracies. Um, but they did make a, a a bit of a deal out of the language in Dinwiddie's uh, not traveling to Orlando um, using the phrase an abundance of caution. Did you notice that the, the nets were using yes. an abundance of caution? Um, I'm interested in the abundance of caution being used with regards to Spencer Dinwiddie and uh, the, the high usage of Karis Levert. Now this is me just really, you know, reaching into the bottom barrel. Like this is the dregs of what you wanted of a podcast for, for a, a team you follow. But um, we've talked often on this show about like, you know, where do you go from here in terms of increasing the talent on your roster? Um, there is a ecosystem being built around Karis Levert here that prominently will, will feature him in the highest usage of ways uh, for the next couple of weeks here uh, and into the first round of the playoffs. Um I'm not. I think it's a happy coincidence. I'm not saying that, like you know, there's anything other than that going on. But it's. Uh, I there's think not there's a nefarious th- plot by Sean. There's Marks. not a nefarious plot. Not a backroom deal between Spencer Dinwiddie and um, uh, I don't know the the angel of plague or whatever the the fourth horseman of the apocalypse. Um, 
to to do this, but you're you're giving me a look like I am treading into, into, into <laughs> no, no, dicey no, no. territory. I was giving you Fair. a look like, wow, you're throwing a lot in there. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of a lot of elements that you're throwing. Well, into I was your trying take to get. I, I was impressed. trying to go really deep into the conspiracy, but the reality is, it's just like a really good time to display Karis Silver. I love Karis. I want him to stick around, but like, if we're in a mood to trade him, hey, this is a really good time to increase that trade value. Maybe maybe the best sort of plateau for him to or showcase for him um, yet in his career. So. Uh, that's sort of a, that's all I'm really saying. I didn't need to add the whole conspiracy thing in there. I just did that, you know, because, because it, that's kind of the people we are. That's the yeah, fun. Cause I'm sick. I'm a sick man. I, so I'm going to dove, I'm going to combine my most interesting thing. Number one with my most interesting thing. Number seven, which is this will allow the nets oh. to feature their trade candidates, which combines very nicely with your point because I skipped, I skipped around. Didn't I this? No, no, it's fine. this is, it's so true. So, I'm excited to see Karis LeVert play basketball as like the solo act. I, I rather have course have seen him to play with Katie and Kyrie. The data point I really do want to get from him is like, can he be the third option who doesn't need to control the ball a bunch? And can he catch a ball off the pass and like put up a shot or make a quick move to the basket? Like we really haven't seen that fully from Karis LeVert. He's typically been at his best when he's given the reins of the offense. So we're missing that data point. But we are going to get, we're going to learn the ceiling pretty clearly. Like the team isn't great <laughs> around him, but the starting lineup is somewhat representative of an NBA starting lineup in some way. So the point, there's a massive hole at point guard, whether it's Chris Chioza or Tyler Johnson. I kind of think it's going to be Tyler Johnson because I, I don't, not that Marks is more invested in Tyler Johnson, but he has literally invested more money in Tyler Johnson previously. Here's a philosophical question for you. If you are trying to see what Chris Chioza can do in a team, a more mature team down the, down the line, do you want to see him in the backup position or do you want him playing starter minutes against other, I mean, for the most part, starters in the NBA? Uh, or do you want to see reps at backup, uh, you know, auditioning for the job he's really going to get or, you know, getting more and more minutes Uh I don't know. Philosophically, I could go either it's, way on that, actually. Yeah, it's a real tough one because essentially Chris Chioza is never going to be your starting point guard. So not, not with Kyrie Irving on, on the team. So it would be like auditioning Steve Buscemi for the role that Leo DiCaprio played in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We know right. Steve Buscemi is not getting <laughs> that role, but uh, but you're auditioning him to see if he could do it. Yeah. Yeah. Chioza's a Buscemi for Come sure. On. Buscemi's a working actor who's been in <laughs> Reservoir Dogs. I know, he's been in a number. I know, of I know, I get it. It's a great, it's a great films. analogy, except for the, the idea of like the, phys- the physical appearance qualifier. I just, I can't help it. What are you know, trying anyways, to say about Steve Buscemi? <laughs> it's on me. This is my, this is my as an American this hero. Proje- this is me projecting. Um, I know that that had nothing to do with what you were talking about. Um, so I, I, so my thing, and I don't think. I don't know if Marx and Jock Vaughn are thinking about that on that level, right? But I do it's like I think the Nets would rather see if Tyler Johnson could be a starter on some level next to those guys. Not that Tyler Johnson has any more of a shot than Chris Chioza, but like Johnson has started some games in the NBA. He's had a much more illustrious career, a much more productive career than our friend Chris Chioza, friend of the pod. Um, and I'd rather I'd rather put Chioza 
in like a basketball sense. I'd rather have him as a backup point guard who has a little bit more leniency to go to the hole, to be a little more aggressive on offense than having him be uh, a point guard in name on the starting offensive offensive front. But he's just going to stand off to the side because Levert's going to get the ball and consume it all. Like Levert, high usage Levert is going to be um, a real abnorm- abnormality in NBA basketball. Like he's going to get, he's going to be given all that. He's, it's the golden corral of basketball. He's going to get all that he possibly wants to eat on the court. Can I say something? I think. No. Okay. All right. We're moving on. Uh, Chris Chioza next to Karis Levert. I have a weird suspicion that that's going to be a fun pair just because Chioza is an elite catch and shoot mid range shooter. And the way that Levert, like I'm using my air quotes here, play makes because his playmaking is kind of funky. Um, is that normally it's like aborting a play, like after he's like trying to squeeze in some like contorted layup and it doesn't work. So he's got to like spit out a pass to the elbow where Chris Chioza makes a living, Mike. Um, and especially since he's going to be, you know, roving around a section, maybe second option on a, in an offense featuring those two, which is kind of insane to think. A because... playoff team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chris Chioza. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I love Chris Chioza too. You know, like I, I'm excited for him because when we talk to him, like I got a, you know, this is a 15, 20 minute conversation. Got a really good vibe from the oh, guy. He's and, ready. He's ready. For it's sure. hard not to feel for him because heading into the coronavirus shutdown, he was becoming like a valuable part of the team. And he's currently his contract situation, which will probably get figured out pretty soon. But so the Nets have two open roster spots now that. Wilson Chandler, who we know hasn't been going to Orlando, but they haven't still filled the Wilson Chandler roster spot, and now Spencer Dinwiddie. And it makes all the sense in the world for one candidate being a center, and Mark Stein from the New York Times reported that Amir Johnson is the top candidate. And typically when that kind of thing gets floated out, it's probably the pick. And by the time you hear this, Amir Johnson may be the backup center for your Brooklyn Nets. You know, I've always um, liked Amir Johnson's game. It, he always has felt like he should have been a Brooklyn net, you know, it, it, I mean, the Ed Davis comparisons are going to be flying. Let me tell you right now. Known good guy, alleged solid defender, though. I can't speak to that. <laughs> um, I kind of think people slap a, a solid defender on a sort of non-mobile big who um, doesn't really. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's a, a tough guard. With it when he guards people, but I, I'm. What are you squirming around for? What's what is on your mind, Mike? What just say it? I don't, what, I don't, don't think know he's how a good, good of a defender Amir Johnson yeah, wow, is. There it is. I don't Shots think he's that good. fired. Now somebody in the Twitter sphere dig up that deep dive analytics report <laughs> roasting he, Mike. Didn't he do something hilarious on a bench once? I'm gonna like look up Amir Johnson bench. But anyways, as I'm looking at Amir Johnson bench, funny. That's what I'm googling. The Nets have the Nets have an open roster spot. Because Dinwiddie won't be going to Orlando, that in fact it could be. Oh, Amir Johnson used a cell phone on the bench. Do you remember that story? So this was in Game One oh, of the yes, playoffs. I do. I do remember this. Was this was this against the Nets when this happened? Yeah, it was. So it was a playoff game against the Nets, and Amir Johnson, who was not playing, brought a cell phone to the bench and showed Joel Embiid text messages during the. Everyone caught it on camera, and everyone got super mad. And I think we found out that it was because Amir John- Johnson's daughter was sick. And yeah, it was something like actual legitimate. Yeah. Um, 
And I do remember, didn't Kevin Garnett, that was maybe the Kevin Garnett by himself era. Wasn't, didn't he have like something to say about like when, it? when he was on TNT and just kind of talking to himself. Was this, I thought he was maybe playing for the Nets when this was happening. Um, Oh no, no, no. This would have been two that. This is 2019. This was this past, like, Oh, this is that yeah, reason. This was oh, the God. D-Lo. Well, time really stood still, has stood still yeah. now. So anyway, so. Wait, D-Lo? I was saying the D-Lo playoffs. That was D-Lo. literally last season. Um, so Amir Johnson's, sorry, just, I'll finish off the point. Sorry, I Paul. Uh, <laughs> yes, Amir I Johnson <laughs> is one of the people that they're probably going to sign. And Chris Chioza will be upgraded from a two-way player likely to a full-time player this year and probably like a team option next year for the minimum and they the nets have that gives them flexibility to decide okay if we really like chris chioza we can lock him in for next year we have full control over him and from chioza's perspective he becomes a full-time nba player for eight games and has an okay shot at being with the team next season because he's getting paid the minimum and that's better than being a g-leaguer for sure um yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, is this? It was our <laughs> Brian's uh, shirtless now. Is is? <laughs> I had to turn off my air conditioner to do this podcast. Um, my air conditioner is broken too. So, uh, well, well it's you're not broken. I yeah. turned it off. Had a dedication to sound quality. <laughs> um, so you would rather see Chioza get that starting spot next to Mister Levert? I want Chioza to be playing thirty six minutes. I don't want. I don't want any per thirty six arguments. Anywhere near Chioza. I want to see that 36. Okay. That's, that's the, that's the level of faith I have in him. Now I think, um, I mean, if we're, if the point of comparison is him V Tyler Johnson, and I think obviously you're right that it is. Um, I don't, I don't know why I don't have a great explanation for this, but I'm like deeply not excited to watch Tyler Johnson's <laughs> cup of coffee on, on this this very strange Brooklyn Nets bubble experience. Yeah. So in, t- in terms of like, I, I'm trying to think about why it is that I just don't, because I know that it's so temporary. Right. And uh, to that, when you made that point about him having like illustrious, more illustriousness to his career, I, I get that that was in jest, but like truly you just have enough data to know that like it's, he's, you know where he is. He's a maybe below average as of yeah, as of now, I'm open to the idea that this could radically change on its face, and all of a sudden we have a guy <clears throat> that we're talking about. How do we bring back next year, and so on and so forth? I would nothing in the world would please me higher. I have nothing against Tyler Johnson. I want that just from what I've seen, putting together the basketball geometry pieces. And personally, um, if you were a gun to my head, I would say like Chioza is the better bet to have a higher ceiling and be like a scrappy third string point guard on of the future for this team. You know, I legitimately want that for the, for Chris Gioza. I don't know that I can see that or necessarily want that as of yet for Tyler. Johnson. Yeah. And so my most interesting thing, number three, we're hopping around here is Tyler Johnson's starting point guard because, and this is what we've been talking about. I, I, I think Tyler Johnson probably represents a more stable force at point guard because again, if you look at the starting lineup, this is what the Brooklyn Nets are probably going to have to trot out. When they go out there, it'll be Karis LeVert for sure. Joe Harris for sure. Torian Prince, most likely, because even though Wilson Chandler had gotten a few starts, he's not going to be there in Orlando. And now that DeAndre Jordan also isn't going to Orlando, Jared Allen will be a starting center. And when you look at that lineup specifically, okay, what do I need out of my point guard then? You kind of just need, I mean, Pat Beverly type, but not that Tyler Johnson's that. But like, you want the defense there, which Tyler Johnson certainly does over Chris Chioza. And 
you want the threat potentially of a three-point shot. And Tyler Johnson wasn't th- that this season, but in seasons prior, he was a slightly above average to pretty good three-point shooter. Um, and it's also like, who's going to be controlling the levers on this team? Okay, so Jacques Mon is the interim coach, but we've been given the idea that he has given, he's been given like somewhat of a, uh, this is a pretty strong audition period for him, but like they're, he's not going to be totally judged on it. But the guy he's going to have to impress, it's Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and also Sean Marks still, even though we understand they're both pretty close together. Well, like if Sean Marks says, hey, I really want to see Tyler Johnson play starting, be a starting point guard, I think he's going to do that. And I think in Marks's mind, he values Tyler Johnson more than Chris Chioza. Hey, that's just a guess. It, there's nothing to indicate that beyond the fact that Sean Marks has tried to pay Tyler Johnson $50 million. Tyler Johnson's proceeded to not take that money from other teams, but then decline and play. And Marks still can't can't get it out of his mind that he wants to be, you know, in the same organization as Tyler Johnson. So I think he is more invested in Tyler Johnson. Fellas, I want to talk to you specifically for a moment. And, you know, it's July 7th as I'm talking right now. And I think there's a question that should be on everyone's mind who is going to be near a pool, lake, beach, stream, river, any body of water, man-made or mother nature made. There's one thought that should be in your head right now. Are you prepared to unveil your summer bod? I told you the beaches are going to be opening. The sun is shining and the bushes must be tamed. Manscaped is here to ensure your post-quarantine body is ready for the wild. And you know what I'm talking about. Keep things right and regular in the places that they should be right and regular. And the best way to do it is to go to manscaped.com. And for a limited time, subscribers can get two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag of $39 value and the Patented high-performance, reduced chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. Plus, you get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC, all one word, at manscaped.com. So do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off. Free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code ATHLETIC. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. Again, that shed travel bag at Manscaped Boxer Brief. So go to manscaped.com today and use the code THEATHLETIC. I mean, we're going to learn a lot about pretty much everyone on the team. Because, you know, number two of my most interesting things. So number one was high usage cares. Number three was Tyler Johnson's starting point guard. And number seven was trade candidate feature, which I will get to later. But number two... <laughs> was back in the line of Jared Allen. It's very important that we keep these in chronological <laughs> order as you wrote them. We cannot, we should always keep them at that. Yeah. At their name, um, respectively. But Jared, every, most of Nets Twitter are fans of Jared Allen. We love the, the story of Jared Allen, the nerdy tall guy from Texas who the Nets surprisingly took at 21st overall because he wasn't supposed to even be there. And immediately like, when are you going to talk about that he built a computer when are you going to say it is it going to happen i think he built it i'm pretty sure he was tweeting or instagramming about building a computer during quarantine which is very on brand for our man jared allen i mean that's the that's the anecdote that everyone 
always brings up. Any if you've ever watched like an Atlanta Hawks broadcast <laughs> of a Nets game, <laughs> the building the computer. Let me tell you about Jared Allen here. Featured prominently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah this is a young man. He built his own computer. He's got he soldered a motherboard out of nothing but sync parts. And I've said this before, yeah. and I'll say it again. Not that impressive to build a computer. I'm not impressed. Oh, so says a guy with an off-the-shelf Mac laptop. <laughs> Talk to me more about building a custom PC, Michael. <laughs> but here's a positive. We're going to see Jared Allen, Brian. We're going to see Jared Allen f- have a lot of run. He's not going to have DeAndre Jordan peering over his shoulder, getting coaches fired so that he can start. No, he's going to be given a free reign here for at least eight games, but probably at least 12 and he's going to get to play with his buddies, Karis LeVert, Joe Harris. I don't know if Torian Prince is his friend or not, but, you know, they're going to play together. And I'm excited to see Jared Allen get the 32 minutes a game that a starting center gets. And we're going to learn, again, more about him. I know it's a small sample size, but you're going to get to learn, okay, we kind of, Jared Allen got, got lost this year. He got moved to the bench right before the shutdown happened. Him and DeAndre both performed pretty well in the minutes that they were given, but they were neither of them had like monster games. Can Jared Allen prove something? He's been working out at the Nets facility pretty consistently from the moment that he could. He has an extension looming very near in the future. He also knows that if anyone's going to be traded on this team, he is one of the top three guys to be traded. There's just like a lot mixing around of his orbit that, you know, when he plays basketball, it's going to be exciting to see if he sort of try to li- lives up to those expectations or if it if he's the exact same 11 and eight, two blocks, Jared Allen that we've seen for, you know, whatever, three seasons now. Um, I'm I'm excited. And again, he has no backup currently. It could be Amir Johnson, but right now he has no backup. Um, do you, how do you think Jared Allen will do? <laughs> <laughs> great question mike uh gosh let me think um he's gonna be great it's gonna be great <laughs> it's gonna be great for jared um yeah i mean i am <clears throat> this goes back into question number seven right um trade candidate features uh we've talked a lot about jared allen um so what did you freeze or is that's that just your my face, face. Oh, that's just your sorry face. i'm reading oh <laughs> josh robbins from the athletic, I believe from the athletic. Yeah. Um, he, Markel Fultz is dealing with a non COVID personal matter and hasn't joined the team yet into the bubble, but they're, they're in, they're in Orlando. So it's like, he could just have, he could just need to have to pick up some food and he's just waiting for that. It's not like, or the Orlando magic players not showing up on time matters less, uh, to me, but sorry. Well, it's a big advantage. Like that's a big advantage showing up later to the bubble with the, with the food yeah. that you like um, on top of it. Uh, <clears throat> wait, what are you, what are you driving at with the Mark? Oh, I just thought it was interesting the way it was worded that he has a non, um, he's going to go back in though. He's getting, he's getting, he's getting bubble. the bubble. Hopefully. I hope for him. Um, what were you going to say about number seven? Uh, some, some dumb stuff about how Jared Allen's also, you know, <laughs> potentially, um, you know, on, on a trading block of sorts on, on the proverbial trading block. Um, I don't know, actually we'd have to do some deep dive on, on the, <laughs> we'd almost have to do six episodes on, you know, replacement backup <laughs> centers for, for Jared Allen um, 
to to know what the market is for for Jared Allen out there um, because it could be that it's not super duper competitive. Uh, but anyways, um, yeah, I would be very sensitive to the idea. I mean, Jared Allen's going to do what Jared Allen's going to do. I don't I don't know that like I think I'm past the idea that Jared Allen is going to ascend to some new heights in basketball. Um, maybe that's wrong. Maybe that's maybe that's uh, being cynical. Uh, I'm open to that, but just based on what I've seen. Um, I know that he's still incredibly young, um, but there is a certain extent to which, like, do you try to layer on new elite weapons to make yourself a, like, 20 and 10 guy, or do you lean into being utility center um, and, like, have a more sustainable long-term career, potentially, versus, like, going for broke on having a star career? I don't know that Jared Allen's thinking much about that That star version of a career at the moment i think he's thinking about how do i stay in this league for the long term and that comes from when you know having a really good field goal percentage because you're shooting very few shots very close to the basket which means you're not doing a whole lot of anything other than being a recipient of of drop-off passes uh which is exactly what he needs to do yeah i mean i think jared allen's going to be a very interesting question for the extension talks because it's like I've said this many times before, but the Nets are already paying $10 million a year for DeAndre Jordan. So they're not going to want to pay any significant amount of money for a person who will ultimately end up being probably a backup centered. He's only 22 years old and he's a young 22, Brian, meaning he recently turned 22 years old. And if he is included in a trade package to another team, you would imagine that they have already done the calculation that they would want to re-sign Jared Allen because what's the point of trading for someone like him if you're just going to then also see him walk out the door? He has been, you know, pretty reliably productive. I mean, he started 80 games as a 20-year-old in the NBA last season and averaged 11 points and eight and a half boards, one and a half assists, nothing to scoff at, and one and a half blocks. Um, he doesn't foul all that much for a defensive-minded center. He's somewhat famed around the league for blocking the best players in the day, LeBron and Giannis and all those people. Um, but you, because of DeAndre Jordan, you get to the question where it's like, before DeAndre, it would have been a no-brainer to give him whatever, let's say 15 a year, $15 million a year, like the Clint Capella contract or whatever. But And he's often compared to Capella. But now it's it doesn't make all that much sense. The, the Nets could sign, I don't know, you could name a bunch of different people, but like a Nerlens Noel who no one seems to want to have for more than a year. They could sign that type of player every year, and DeAndre's your starting center, and Jay is used as a trade chip to get the thing that you really want. Now, maybe Marks is going to make the decision, and Joe Sy has already told him that you can re-sign every single person on this team, and then we'll figure it out later. You know, net, I don't know if you saw this. Net income had a tweet via the Nets Daily account that size net worth has raised by a billion dollars recently because all of his money is tied up in Alibaba stock. And then there's all these people tweeting at me when I retweeted that saying, oh, well, you don't understand the stock market in China. And I was like, I don't. You are right. That's not my job. But Jared Allen, number two most interesting thing is Jared Allen back at the starting lineup. And another young big who's going to get some much more run than he previously had gotten this season is my number four most interesting thing. Rodion's Karutz is we're going to see a lot of Rody in Orlandi. Um, 
because Wilson Chandler's not playing. Obviously, Kevin Durant is not playing. And uh, Torian Prince is not the most firm grab of all the minutes. Like, you know, Torian Prince isn't good enough to where, like, he deserves to play 40 minutes a game. <laughs> you wouldn't want to do that with our guy T. So, Rody's going to get a lot of run. Even if they sign Amir Johnson, like, Rody still may play center in bench lineups because he is the tallest guy on on the team beyond Jared Allen. He's even taller than Amir Johnson. Um, this is going to be a real sort of pivotal, pivotal moment for him on the nets, not in the NBA, but him on the nets because his rookie season, Rodion's Karuks was the agent of change. He was inserted to the lineup and the nets started winning games. He is then goes into a team with much higher expectations and he then also has a domestic violence case looming around him and his play on the court craters. And he has this real opportunity to play for a playoff basketball team again and get real minutes. He's probably going to get 15 minutes a game. I, I again, most interesting thing, I am interested to see if Rodion's Crooks can pull anything out of what he was as a rookie. I am a bit doubtful, though, Brian. Um, that's going to happen. Are you? I have um, these little glimpses of like, <laughs> like so he's had a, obviously like a, a weird season, both on and off the court. Uh, it's been it's been crazy. Oh god, something's loud playing in my ear. Um, but so there's like weird little bits of data though to suggest that he could be maybe okay. He's shooting like thirty eight percent from the three point line in his thirty six games this season compared to. 31% in his 60 something games from last year. Um his his two point field goal percentage is down just like a little bit. He's like I think we remember him as being like kind of um spectacularly not good in the first like month or two and and that uh, colored our thinking about Rody throughout the rest of the season, but like when he played and it wasn't that he was playing very much. This is, you know, increasingly small sample size theater. You know, the stats aren't, they are not good. They don't jump off the page uh, in terms of gross, but his his percentages are there. Um, so, I, I mean, yes, to, to the larger point, like there's maybe nobody that needs this bubble um, confidence boost than Rodion's career. It's, it's, it is, um, it's, it's an existential crisis for him. And also he can't let that kind of the, the uh, grandiosity of the moment get the best of him. Mike, because I know that he's, I bet I can sense that he's feeling that I can, I'm putting it into the astral plane and I'm picking it up like uh, <laughs> I, I, Professor I, Xavier. I, there were like little glimmers of old Renan's Karuks right before the season ended, at least from what I can vaguely remember. Um, I just don't know, like why, why in this situation, why would be having to go to Orlando and to quarantine himself and to be in sort of this extremely strange, unprecedented basketball environment would make him play better. Uh, I don't, not that, not not saying that you're saying that, but I just, I, I was so disheartened by what I saw this year after what was such a promising rookie season. And, you know, he's still super young and it's like you, you have all the excuses. He's young. A lot of guys have the sophomore slump. And the league kind of figures out, oh, he only can do three things. So let's just stop him from doing three things. And then he won't do anything. 
actually, I actually think that the one thing that he can do <clears throat> like relatively well, just on a, I'm just, I'm using my old like cigar chomping, sizing him up thing though, is, is like, he is a tall guy who has long strides and is like really a quick first step. It's, it's sort of the, I mean, don't get me, don't get me wrong. This is a very, very poor man's version of what Giannis does so effectively, which is just beat the guy with a first step and then like keep him on your hip with incredibly long steps. Rodion's can do that. And if he, uh, really refines a few other parts of his game and, and uses that as like, you know, weapon number one, a, you can get pretty far. I think with, with his particular. Yeah. So I have archetype five, you know? three more and we'll, let's finish off with number five, Brian. If you've been a listener of the show, you have heard me tell you time and time again, but I will tell you this time over on average, it takes people to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major us cities. So that's basically a month. And if you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, maybe even a tablet, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments, and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, Go to GetRoman.com slash glue for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash glue for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. So so let's go to number six right now. And the number six most interesting thing, what's a Jock Vaughn? So can I ask you, what do you... Do you think there's anything we can learn about Jacques yeah. Vaughn in this scenario? Because we, we were told by Sean Marks that he won't be judged, that Vaughn will not be judged on wins and losses. And then I believe Alex Schiffer of The Athletic and also Sham Sharania of The Athletic have spoken and reported that, you know, Vaughn's going to get a real shot at this job. And we know that Marks and Vaughn, I mean, they go back to the Spurs days. They are, seem to be very connected. I'm sure probably Marks in his hearts of hearts would in in his New Zealand heart would want to hire Jacques Vaughn, but he knows that the sell he has to make is actually to Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. So like, what are we going to learn? Are we going to learn anything about Jacques Vaughn in eight games in Orlando? And then probably a four game sweep against the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> have you seen, and you know, there's like a certain kind of like, um, I don't want to, I don't know how to phrase this exactly, but like a, a sports media that's like lesser than popular to sort of like a, a lot of them are news aggregators and yeah. they have like, you know, like hoops, yeah. like ball wire and you know, all ball this, wire. All this you know? um, <laughs> yeah. and there's a, uh, I'm not, not naming names, but the story that was passed around hotly on my like Google news, like spam feed was that the Nets are making the, the Godfather offer specifically in quotes, yes. Godfather offer to Greg Popovich. And I think it kept redirecting back to a periscope of Rashid Wallace, Bonzi Wells, should really know. I think Gerald yes. Brown or Gerard <laughs> Brown. Yes. Who I think whoever yeah. he was, bah. was the one who said, there's a rumor going around that, like you said, that, that the Nets are trying to pick a godfather author offer. And Evan Roberts had 
Sean Marks on WFAN, he asked Mr. Marks about that. And what Sean Marks did say was that, um, well, Pop has two more years on his contract and he's in Orlando and we're going to respect that. He's earned that right. It was something, it was very Sean Marksian. What did you make of that little news bubble <laughs> from a completely unverified source? <laughs> uh, yeah. And the Sean Marks like response to it. Um, <laughs> It's going to happen. What are you talking about? Of course, of course, of course we have. Yeah. You got to kiss the ring. Like it's a, it's a mob style offer. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. I think it's like uh, <laughs> the, the respecting the two year contract it, is, it, is an it, interesting it, it, one. Whiffs of um, me. Like he's investigated it. I mean, I'll tell you this. I mean, to just know off the top of your head that he's on a two year contract, that he's got two years left is I can't believe looked into I didn't it, think at least a little bit. sounding the bat signal. I don't, you don't sound a bat signal, but when that when that news report came out, when when, when the Watergate report level of report that that Greg Popovich is going to get a Godfather offer mm. came out, it smells very much of new owner syndrome, Brian. And what I mean by that is, <laughs> I think we know that hey. Joseph Sy is an aggressive businessman. He he grabbed he makes a lot of moves and he just is now sh- Do we, no, no, we have that sense building a narrative here Brian, he's Brian. grabbing the ball well, by what, the horn i, I can tell yeah. you about his business okay, dealings yeah, at another time but it is very new <laughs> owner to want to like <laughs> just be like i want the best and i want the best immediately and he lucked into kevin durant yes. and kyrie irving you know because the, they kyrie wanted to come to brooklyn and then convinced kevin durant to come to brooklyn and they made that decision and it really didn't have all that much to do with Josiah, probably had more to do with not wanting to be with James Dolan. So they wanted to go to New York and it couldn't be the Knicks. So there's another team here, the Brooklyn Nets. And it's sort of, mm. it just is, is a thing of like Josiah saying, well, I've got $5 billion. I'll pay Greg Popovich $20 million a year for three years and we'll win two championships. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't you pay an extra $20 million? that's not taxed by the luxury tax to get the greatest coach of his era. Yeah. And like, that makes sense to me and it probably makes sense to Josiah, but it's not, it's the thing that new owners do, which is like, why don't you, I just go in there and disrupt the system and get like, it's what Mikhail Prokhorov did when he took over the nets. I'm going to treat this team like a European football club, which is soccer for you, Americans. And, I'm going to overpay like crazy. So Joe Sy's coming in and saying, I would, cause it, it's, it's not Sean Mark. Sean Marks doesn't have the ability to make a Godfather offer. He doesn't have, he doesn't hold the purse strings to make that Godfather offer. So it is Joe Sy Who's the guy who is motivated to do so, you know, and if they did it, the Nets would have to give up draft capital to get Greg Popovich because he's currently under contract. And that's why to link back to what you said, the fact that Marx is throwing out there, Oh, pop has two more years on his contract feels a little strange. It's a little strange. Can I say something little, little, this is a slight redirect, but um, just looking back at when Kevin Durant agreed to join the Brooklyn nets and they were like, what did you like about Kenny Atkinson that made this decision so easy for you? And he was like, I watched some clips on YouTube with Kenny out and the way out, out the door. Now um, 
that that clip takes on a different kind of like I don't know. <laughs> it seems it disrespectful. Seems to me. <laughs> it seems a little bit more pejorative than than it initially was. Like, oh, it's funny. Like everyone learns through YouTube. Now it's like he was a Charlie <laughs> nobody, and <laughs> and like his reputation is on YouTube with the PewDiePie's of the world. Um, although yeah, PewDiePie is because a if national if Duran um, had signed with the Boston Celtics, he wouldn't have said, "What is Brad? What do you like about Brad Stevens?" And he wouldn't say, "Oh, I watched him on YouTube." Yeah. Be like, no, like his, I, his out of time <laughs> outplays are legendary, and his the way he handles players yeah. is this. But with Kenny Atkinson, like, it's yeah. I watched him yeah, on YouTube. I, I loved. I subscribed to him. I like. I watch him play Animal Crossing on YouTube. Um, yeah, no, it's so so. We'll be plugged in, um, watching very closely what what Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving says about each and every coaching candidate, won't we, Mike? Because um, really, those are the keys that we'll we'll need to have. So uh, the a last on what's going to happen here. Two and number five of the most interesting things. Um, wait, are they going to tank? I wrote that before Dinwiddie and Bradley Beal announcements happened, and I just think this is the moment that I'm going to take to just say one more time: the Nets cannot tank. But Sean Marks on that WFAN interview with Evan Roberts was asked about this tanking theory. Of you know how hard are you going to press to play? You know the Nets could get the they were he was literally asked if the Nets don't make the playoffs they could get you you will get your draft pick back. What does that mean to you? And this is what Mark had to say. He said we'll be strategic in how we play down there and how we compete. But again, this is much much bigger than the game of basketball. This transcends that. So it's a very strange quote again. It's very Sean Marksian. Um, but the Nets can't tank. I mean, the Wizards, <laughs> the Wizards are now officially the worst team in the NBA. And I'm not even saying it as the only of the 22 teams that are going. Without Bradley Beal and Davis Bertans, they are the worst team in the NBA. And they are six games behind the Nets. And the Nets at least still have Karis LeVert. And you talked previously as like, is LeVert better than anyone on the Wizards? I would say yes. I would say like Joe Harris is better than anyone on the Wizards at this point. Jared Allen is just about as good as anyone on the Wizards. And... You know, Torian Prince is basically a wizard. Um, so I, I think the the Wizards are six games back. They have no chance of catching the Nets to force a playoff game. The Wizards schedule is harder than the Nets in these final eight games. They play each other once. The Nets just win that one game and then do a, a fairly representative job of playing basketball. And the Wizards do what they are expected to do, which is to be horrible the wizards are going to be like a thousand games, but it's not going to matter. There's not going to be this playing game. The bigger question is like, can the nets hold off the magic? And that's not that that's who knows at this point, but nets are not tanking. They, maybe they want to, but they're not. Um, be prepared to hear a lot of coaches and a lot of general managers do that, that appeal to the uh, transcendent threat of, of the pandemic. <laughs> like just to add, just to like end every sentence. But again, this is much, much bigger than the game of basketball. Like while trying to answer like, but yeah, I'm yeah. asking you about that. Ba- I'm asking you a basketball question. So like, obviously, <laughs> obviously, yeah, there's a lot. You could make that argument about anything, you know? Um, and, and they're going to do this quite a bit. So anytime that we get into uncomfortable territory, watch out for the, this is bigger than the game of basketball talking point. Mike, okay. That's a pro and tip for you. Media, the final media pro tip. most interesting thing is the trade candidate feature, which we've been teasing. But the basics of it is 
Karis Levert is the prime candidate, like not the prime candidate to be traded, but the prime asset on the team right now. Jared Allen is very much would be a guy that would be through to trades. Torian Prince himself could be, you know, previously I had thought that they signed the extension to then use his contract in trades and he had not a good enough season to make it valuable. It actually now is a deterrent in trades, but he could rehab his value in some way in these final eight games plus the playoffs. And even to a smaller degree, Musa and Karutz, you know, like Musa pops off. I mean, Musa is going to get minutes and Rhodey's if he pops off, you know, it, it could mean something. So the, the basics, the team that is going to Brooklyn is the team that essentially Kyrie Irving didn't want to play with. So it'll be fun to see how, how uh, all those players perform and if they rise in the rankings of trade interests or if they decline. And it's all very possible. <laughs> if they, dec- no, they if, decline, if to their hard, trade the- value declines, like Torian Prince literally like could continue oh, to oh, decline in trade value. It's not inconceivable. By the way, Pau Gasol is in advanced talks to sign with FC Barcelona. I always kind of, I always told you I wanted Pau on the, on the Brooklyn Nets, but not happening. Um, that's our pod. Hey, um, what about those five uh, stars? And a review. If you could take the time to write a review, holy if it is Lord, over, we love that. that if makes the review crazy. We go is over 10,000 words, Brian will swim fully clothed in the East River. That's correct. Um, and if it's 10 words or less, I'll do it naked. So there is you know, a sweet spot. More, more words, more clothes. That's it's reverse strip strip poker. Yeah. You're always trying to get me naked yeah, with these reviews, Mike. What's going on with that? Okay. Um, well, again, you did spectacularly um me i give like a six out of ten hey hey, thanks for being um but thanks for having me